let's read the ephesians chapter 1 verse ephesians chapter 1 verse 5 having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will now predestination is that god in his heart in his mind before he even laid the foundation for the world even before he created adam and eve even before there was sin that eve and adam got into and then they got separated from god even before any of these things god had us in his heart in his mind he had chosen us before the foundation of the world go and read with me ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 he says uh, that god has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in jesus christ right then what does it say verse 4 even before he laid the world god loved us and chose us in christ so he says here paul says here that even before god laid the foundation for the world he had chosen us to be holy and blameless in the son of his love that is jesus christ and the next verse he says that god through his predestination that means god had chosen us before anything that he had created to be his adopted children now the adoption is such a great privilege that you know if we, if natural birth children like you are born to us we never chose that you should be the first and she should be the second neither you chose that uh, your dad should be a, a fair guy and your mother should be a telugu so it's not that you we had any of these choices but in adoption it is like this you know if a, uh, there is an orphanage home and then there are five children to be adopted and the, uh, legally the people who want to adopt a child they are uh, prone to go through a lot of tests by the government agencies to identify whether the people who are adopting the child are physically mentally financially emotionally are conditioned to raise up the orphan as their own child to adopt the orphan and make them uh, make the child to be a part of their family inheritance so all of this interviews and questioning and examining the documents and verifying the background is done by the government agencies before even the couple are allowed to come and adopt a child and in the adoption home if there are five children the five cannot compete with them saying let us have a competition and see that uh, this rich family that is getting down from the mercedes car will choose and pick me up rather than you the rest of you so there is nothing from the child's perspective that they can compete and you know try to prove them self to be the best among the rest that there are there and be adopted by this rich family that has come to the adoption home so you see when god when he was planning to adopt us as his children there was nothing that we could qualify for it 
it was not that we were standing with the play cards in our hands saying i am the best i am the best i am the best pick me up pick me up pick me up nothing like that so from our side there was nothing but from god's side he was so generous to pick us up to choose us you know when god bends down and picks up a child uh he or she becomes the apple of his eye that means god's affection is there that's why he has picked up that person picked up that child or picked up that soul and made him or her to be the family member of god himself with that perspective god's apostle paul is writing in romans chapter 8:29 uh romans chapter 8 verse 29 and 30 also we can read romans chapter 8 verse 29 i'm reading for whom he did foreknow he also did predestinate to be confirmed or conformed to the image of his son that he might be the first born among many brethren then verse 30 moreover whom he did predestinate them he also called and whom he called them he also justified and whom he justified them he also glorified so once that place of being picked up by god and being adopted by god our position has been transferred from being in a beggarly rejected poorly separated condition which most of the individuals on earth are right now living in that means if they are separated from god they don't have anything in their life they had nothing before they still don't have nothing and they may if they get the grace to not to lose it as long as it is available if they turn and they come to god in repentance and accept god's love then they can also become the children of god but if they choose to walk in rebellion and not to come to god what happens to them is they don't have nothing now they didn't had before they will have nothing afterwards so there is no glory in their life but for us who have been adopted by god may seem like you know difficult scenarios in our life may prove or talk to us in a very negative order for example if you remember satan questioned jesus about he being the son of god and jesus was in a fast for 40 days he didn't had eaten anything neither he had water to drink and he was in the wilderness in the desert wild animals were in that vicinity he was prone to danger and in the midst of that fasting and praying and seeking god satan comes and questions jesus legality of saying if you are the son of god turn these stones into bread and eat you see it's so tempting to prove your salt you know in this world in this material world they say prove your salt prove your worth show us what skills you have show us what you are qualified or show us what uh, properties or lands or houses or buildings or vehicles or you know show us show us so so this this material world only wants on the basis of what they see to to believe or to accept a person's worth similarly see satan is known as the god of the world and he comes to jesus and says if you are the son of god turn these stones into bread and eat i mean look at his uh, foolishness satan's foolishness if satan believes that stones can be turned into bread and can be eaten 
can't that foolish mind of his know that altogether the appetite itself can be conquered by jesus can god be hungry because if you go and read in psalms he says if i am hungry i will not come to you see it's very clear god says if i am hungry i will not come to you for it the cattle on 10000s of hills belong to me god is not a god of eating meat and drinking blood so in the book of revelation it is very clearly written that they will neither have hunger nor they will thirst so because we we will be more or less supernaturally becoming in the very body that jesus has now the glorified body by which he ascended to heaven in that glorified body of jesus what did he come and ask the disciples to serve him he questioned them in the upper room what do you have and they gave him honey and fish so he ate and said see i have a body like yours flesh and bones so i'm eating so in heaven the concept of hunger and thirst has to be differentiated with what hunger and thirst we have in the natural world for example if you remember jesus was fasting not example it's a truth in the matthew gospel chapter 4 it is written jesus fasted for 40 days without food and water you know you cannot be in fast without even drinking water for so long period without god's power coming inside of your body so that itself must have you know put this satan to stop asking that kind of question saying if you are the son of god but he was so foolish to tempt jesus and jesus said man shall not live alone by bread but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of god that means the very essence of the word of god that a person hears that word that the person receives or hears clearly the spiritual person inside of that man the inner man the spirit man becomes so strong that this flesh will not be prone to weakness normally what happens is if you don't eat for few days your body becomes weak and you know you're losing stamina you're losing strength your physical strength is drained out you feel the weakness you feel the pains but if your inner man the real spirit man is strong because you have heard the word of god and the real strength has come to your spirit man your spirit man your inner man is more stronger than this flesh so what happens is you are now living from inside out not outside in why do people eat food people eat food to what what for they eat food to keep their physical body strong but they neglect to feed the inner man so jesus was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights without eating and drinking and the devil says if you are the son of god so who is having doubt jesus is having doubt that he is the son of god or devil is having a doubt the devil always puts a question because he is the creator of doubt he is not just a fallen angel but he is a creator of doubt you remember in the garden he said did god say if you touch this fruit you will die surely did he say that and he manipulated and he created confusion and doubt and caused the sin to enter but with jesus he got failure for jesus replied to him saying man shall not live alone with the bread and then second time the devil 
puts a question again to validate whether Jesus is the son of God. He says it is written that he will charge his angels to hold you up in the hands. Why don't you jump up from this temple? Let's see if the angels will come and minister to you. Then again Jesus replies to him. You see, Jesus didn't had a doubt about who he was. It was the devil who had a doubt. He is the creator of doubt. He comes to create doubt. So faith and doubt cannot dwell together. So the moment the devil tried using this concept of creating doubt, Jesus overcame that creation of doubt with the creation of the faith. He he put it across very clearly. He said, "Thou shall not tempt the Lord thy God." The third time he said, "Okay, let's uh, I will show you that I have the authority over all the kingdoms of this earth." and if you bow down and worship me i'll give you the authority over them jesus says you shall not test your god right you see this is what the devil does to a born again child when circumstances are bad when finances are not having you know sufficient finances or there is a sickness in the body or there is some kind of some some issue immediately the devil starts talking to the child of god Ha 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 you think you are a child of god look at this what is happening in your life you're so miserable you you lack everything you don't have this you don't have that so he creates doubt in the mind and immediately the person who was trusting god believing god having faith in god starts to yield to the tempter thinking yeah maybe it's uh, maybe i am not really a child of god that's why i'm going through all this why why else these circumstances in my life are not changing for good so he conquers the mind and fills the mind with doubt finally giving defeat to the child so we should be very careful that's why paul says that uh, make sure that you're strong in your faith that you're standing and when you stand strong in the faith you must be ready to overcome any attack of the devil by taking the shield of faith to quench every arrow the devil throws at you so this is how normally any person who's believing god would try to look at the circumstances and try to judge themselves whether they have favor with god or they don't have favor with god the reality is you are already the apple of his eyes you're already chosen by him you're already loved by him you're already protected by him you're already covered by him you're already assured by him for the provisions to come it is his moral responsibility you see what happens here in the earthly parenthood or in adoption that i'm talking about is the government has to collect signatures from the couple before they hand over the child and when these parents that are going to be the parents for this child they have to give in writing in legal way that they are morally and physically emotionally capable of raising the child protect the child provide for the child and you know nourish the child so there is a legal tender that is given in the same way when jesus christ was hanging on the cross shedding his blood his blood was writing our names in that legal document that god has now adopted this child because this person has come to trust that jesus christ the son of god 
died in their place for their sins to be nullified and because they exchanged the faith that blood by which he wrote our names in heaven in the book of life is a seal that god has become the father and he is taking care now remember in matthew chapter 6 verse 27 onwards if you read he talks about look at the birds they do not sow do not reap and who provides for them your heavenly father then he says look at the lilies of the valley see how beautiful they look even king solomon was not so beautifully clothed so why are you you know afraid of what you will eat what will you wear and all these things the people of the world pursue after but your heavenly father knows that you need all these things so he says seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you so here jesus was saying that he is your father he takes care of you and jesus also talks about in luke chapter 11 about the fatherhood of god he says who amongst you has a son who will ask you for fish will you give him serpent to eat if your son asks you for an egg will you give him a scorpion to eat if you people being evil and wicked know to give good things to your children how much more your heavenly father will give the holy spirit to those who ask of him so in luke chapter 11 when jesus was saying that the earthly things the good things from the earthly perspective which a father provides for his natural born son the heavenly father gives the best of the best it's not just the food and the water but the holy spirit himself now why do we require and why do we need to ask god the father for the holy spirit to understand this we must remember how jesus came into the world jesus was not just a human being born in the womb of mary because she received the angelic message no jesus was even before he entered into mary's womb he was there you remember in proverbs chapter 8 he says in verse 30 that god consulted jesus before he was creating the world God did not create the world with his own ideas and with all of his own desires he took Jesus counsel he brought Jesus and made him to sit with him and he asked Jesus how should i make all of this creation that's why in colossians 1 chapter 1 verse 15 16 17 it says everything that is created is created for Jesus by Jesus and to for Jesus sake they are So even everything in this world the space itself all the planets that are still hanging in the space they are able to be maintained like that because Jesus word has the power to keep them safe there otherwise the bible says the earth has no foundation it's like a ball which is hanging in the space you have seen and read you have done projects of the planetary system right so how does the planets hang in the space i can't even hang a ball here without tying a rope and giving it some support can you bring a ball and make it just be here in the space hanging without anything can you just imagine if this is a ball and then you just drop it can can it just hang still and be floating so how is the planet the earth seems to be perfect without any imbalance what will happen if the earth suddenly tilts 30 degrees 
what will happen if the earth tries to run instead of you know moving in the orbit which god has made for it and it tries to say i want to jump into the first place i want to go near the venus i want to go near the mars instead of being in the third place which place is the earth in the planetary system why it should be in third it should also have the you know the desire to be the number one if what will happen if it comes near to the sun what if the earth wants to say i don't want to be in the third place i want to be in the ninth place i want to be cool anyways pluto is not there so i'll go and take that place is it possible so likewise everything that has been maintained by the word and the power of god is for jesus and unto jesus so jesus when he came into the world he was the word of god and he was with god and when he came to the earth he could not come to the earth only in the form of the word he had to become a material person he had to become a physical being like us that's why when he entered into mary isaiah's prophecy was fulfilled in isaiah 9th chapter verse 6 for unto us a child is born a son is given you remember that scripture it says and his name shall be called wonderful counselor everlasting father prince of peace what else mighty god so these are the titles of his names that means he had not only the the ability of calling himself and saying that he is the prince of peace but that was his nature he was the prince of peace when he was saying his wonderful counselor that means he is the only one who has the ability to give counsel like he gave counsel to god in the creation he is that jesus so when he came into the mary's womb he came with the mission of making all of us to become sons and daughters of god he didn't come to just die on the cross and give his blood as offering but to make us to become like him as sons of god so when god looks at you and me today he doesn't looks at you and me as a servant as a slave he looks at us as his own sons go quickly to galatians chapter 4 verse 6 and 7 Galatians chapter 4 verse 6 and 7 and because you are sons God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts crying abba father and what does verse 7 says so you are no longer a slave so you are no longer a slave to but a son and if a son then an heir through God a heir means whatever is of God is now belonging to Jesus and whatever is belonging to Jesus belongs to you because you belong to Jesus it's so simple very very simple that god is saying to you why are you not enjoying the privilege of being my son don't work like a servant don't behave or don't treat yourself or don't look yourself as a slave as a servant 
you know where did this mentality come into the human mind the mentality of thinking like a servant and behaving like a servant had come through the very parable which Jesus narrated in the gospel of Luke chapter 15 about the prodigal son the prodigal son said to his father i want to take my inheritance and go you see he had inheritance and he knew about it he said to his father give my inheritance what is inheritance inheritance means whatever the parents are possessing especially the father that portion of the father's property goes a part of it to the son so the son was saying give me the portion of my inheritance i want to go and live on my own he wanted to live under his father's guidance he wanted to become independent he felt that he could manage his life he felt that he was able to look after himself and he took his inheritance and he left to another place a different country and when he went into that different country because he had freedom now he chose to behave in a manner that pleased him and through that behavior of his he started squandering the money on all kinds of wild things and he finally ended up without any money for himself not only that the country that he went to be in had a famine in that country and during famine what happens is people are not willing to share people are not willing to be generous people are not willing to show any kind of kindness because they become very selfish in the times of famine because that's a time of distress and this guy was a stranger in that country and this guy never worked in his life before he didn't knew what is hard work he never worked for anybody before for him the job title itself is something you know very scary but then because of the famine and because of the hunger the appetite he went about begging people for arms and for job opportunities finally he get a position of looking after feeding the swines and you know what happened you know very well that this fellow when he changed his mind and started thinking on how many servants his own father was providing meals and those servants were rich enough to provide for other people so he got the glimpse of what he lost from where he came from and he said yak i come from such a great background look at me what am i doing now then he says okay i'm going to go back home but yes i have lost my position of being a son in the family i've taken my inheritance i have i've just blown it away now i don't have any inheritance so i'll just go and you know ask for a servant's position what position a servant's position now he comes back to home but see the goodness of the father he gives him back the place of a son similarly god when he made us to live in this world he didn't leave us in this world to be like beggars to be in the job of feeding the swines and if needed that we would also put our mouth into that crap no that's not the idea of god the idea of god is that we would be with him in the home you see hebrews chapter 3 and 4 and 5 if you read it together 
third chapter talks about Jesus being the high priest of the apostle over our confession of faith that means whatever you confess Jesus will say amen there and then Jesus Christ in third chapter of Hebrews is comparing himself with Moses Moses is a servant but he was faithful in all that God gave him Jesus is the son and he is faithful because which is great the house or the people living inside the house how would you compare yourself if somebody comes and says wow beautiful house what are they saying is the one who has built this house is great person you have look at this awesome house that he has made so whom would they appreciate the house or the one who made the house if you look at a house would you appreciate the house or the one who made the house why because he put everything that he has in making that house the servant can never live inside the house as a permanent member the servant's job is only outside he comes does his work and goes out maybe he lives in his servant quarter the son always abides in the house is what chapter 3 talks about chapter 4 talks about god has called us to come into the rest of himself that we are to live in the rest of our god the love that he gives in chapter 5 he talks about in many aspects of how god chooses people to be his priests and he talks about jesus being now the high priest by the selection of god himself not the appointment of men and women so there are so many things that he talks about not only that he also tells you in uh, chapter 7 that jesus learned to be obedient to god though he was son of god he learned obedience through much suffering through what see obedience suppose suppose just imagine suppose you are there you are so obedient would your father require you to be disciplined no because you are obedient already but look at the scripture where it says jesus learned obedience through the suffering that he went now where did jesus disobey in the first place that he had to learn obedience that's an example of how jesus was saying look at my life look at the way i have lived now you are also a son of god you also must become like me the way i have lived for god go quickly to first uh, corinthians chapter 3 first corinthians chapter 3 verse 3 chapter 3 verse 3 See who's the head of Jesus Christ. 
season na lang. Says Jesus is submissive to cry to God, and uh, the head of man is Jesus Christ, and the head of Jesus Christ is God Himself. Sorry, First Corinthians chapter eleven and three. First Corinthians chapter eleven and verse three. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is. god so what paul was saying is there is submissiveness jesus christ submitted himself to god god is the head of jesus and jesus is the head of the man so whenever you are under the leadership or the lordship of jesus christ you have already come under the lordship of god so god is looking after you he is the one over you he is the one who is protecting you providing for you and leading you but what happened to the prodigal son was he said i don't want your lordship i will go and be my lord and he walked out of the house finally he ended up in the pit of the pigs and then when he came back to his sense he came back to the father's house So Jesus came down to the earth to lift us up out of the miry clay the pit of sin washed us in his blood and brought us into the father's house and after we have entered in the house we tend to become disobedient ah prayer it's okay worship it's okay uh stop sinning it's okay you know sometimes we can adjust sinning here and there we are under grace we can just manage sometimes So when people behave like that they become disobedient. That's why in Hebrews chapter 12 he says if a parent doesn't discipline a child after they see the behavior of the child is not good that means he's not the child in the first place not born to them. That's why they are least bothered. Let him become filthy guy, let him become a rascal, let him become a you know good for nothing fellow. What I have got to do with him? is not my son he is not my child so they leave that person to become as good for nothing but if that person is really having parents and the parents have that moral obligation of letting this child to grow up in a way that pleases god that is appreciated by the world because a foolish son brings shame and disgrace to the parents In the book of proverbs there are so many scriptures which talks about a wise son and a foolish son a wise son brings glory and honor to his mother and father a foolish son brings disgrace to his mother and bad reputation to the father so if the person's family or the parents are really concerned about that boy's character and well-being jesus says if you are being chastened if you are being disciplined take it for joy that god loves you because you are his child god is disciplining you because he loves his child in the book of revelation also he says in third chapter whomever i love i will discipline so god doesn't takes off his you know discipline from a child that he loves but he pours his discipline on the child because he loves so that the child will get correction and the child will become like the fullness of Jesus Christ because God's idea of making a person his son is to bring him into a greater glory 
not a fallen place of pit and miry clay of uh, swine bath <laughs> he lifts us up his idea is that so he disciplines the child or he disciplines the person with that concept he goes about making himself known now jesus gave himself fully to god that's why god was able to control jesus and in another place also it's written that jesus dependency on god is so much that he looked to god for the provisions to come he looked to god for guidance so we should always look to god as jesus was looking to god we must look to god for everything second thing is has god's nature same to same exactly the same nature was in jesus that's why in the old testament people were not able to see god with their eyes because god's glory and power was so so great with the little presence of god coming over the mountains it started shaking the mountains and smoke and fire the thunder storm sounds caused fear in the israelites and they said let god speak to moses alone you know that right the book of exodus and all we have read but here in the new testament god took the form of his self in the form of jesus christ so what jesus was saying is as god has life in himself he has given me that same thing same attribute same nature to have life in myself that means jesus is not the one who is going to end up in death he is the life he himself is life there's nothing like uh, you know somebody who is born has to die and then they're gone forever jesus he says no i am not born in the first place i am from the everlasting i was not born by anything i i am god god cannot be born by something right so he says i am life go to john's gospel chapter 5 verse the father had life in himself so hath he given to the son to have life in himself so jesus is saying you see don't get miscarried away the pilot was you know miscarried away in his assumption of being the judge that he can you know let jesus walk away into freedom while the jews were pressurizing him crucify him crucify him you remember what pilot was saying to jesus i have the authority to spare your life <laughs> and jesus says you have no authority man all authority comes from my father it is he and let me tell you that i have the authority to put down my life and take it back no man can take my life from me so jesus was making himself clear that no every person in this world either will have life by being connected with me or they'll not have life by disconnecting themselves with me that's why in the world there are two classes of people today right now there are two classes of people not everybody is whom you see walking around is a living thing a living person though they have breath though they walk around talk around move around do things like everybody else but they are not the life of christ is not in them 
it's only a matter of time before they realize that they don't have life and they end up in the fiery lake where their second death is ready for them but for us who have been taken the stand of receiving jesus in ourselves and we become one united in him we have life in us death doesn't come to us we are living things we have the living spirit of christ inside of us the very life channel of jesus is inside of us he is the fountain of life that same life of christ is inside of us that's why we don't have fear of death we don't fear death at all because of this very truth that we have life abundant life eternal life in us that's why we are fearless of death but you see the world the world those especially those people who have not received jesus christ they can sound like you know courageous they can you know try to show that they are very bold because on the basis of what the protection that they buy for themselves but the core of their heart the very core of their being they are very scared of death that's why most of the time the rich people they try to throw money like crazy to protect themselves from any danger that might come to take away their life that's why they have this gunman they have this bulletproof cars they have this bulletproof jackets they have security cameras they have huge barrier walls now why do they have all this stuff just because they have money no the heart of the matter is they are afraid of dying but for a true child of god who is having jesus in himself for that person death has no power because it's full of life life cannot be slain there was a time when jesus allowed himself to be slain on the cross so that the darkness can think that it has conquered the light so only the thinking but the fact was light conquered the darkness life conquered grave death hallelujah jesus is inside of us he has given us that power to have that life eternal life flowing inside of us So as true child of God born again person who has received the holy spirit in them to recreate them in the very likeness and the image of Jesus Christ when they fall sick they don't get scared they don't let that devil to come and talk to them about death or sickness but they they plug themselves back into the source of life you know for example if you take this plug this is having full of energy in it right it has got full of the energy but when i take this plug and i put it into my device what happens is this energy gets transferred into my device so when a true child of god falls sick the body is giving some symptoms of you know pain or something they don't listen to the voice of the doubt Oh you are going to end up miserable in the clinic you are going to end up miserable in the hospital you are going to end up you know paying the hospital bills that's a doubt so a true child of god will unplug the doubt and plug into the source of life which is in him in him or outside of him a true child of god will not depend on the other factors first things first he will go or she will go and plug themselves back into the channel of life the fountain of life jesus christ in them and then that resurrection power that life of christ floods into that person 
makes his bones marrows muscles tissues nerves system organs get fully you know charged up with life and life flows in them so that privilege jesus got from god and same privilege god gave to us because we are now one in christ because we are one in christ we are one in god and as god lives in christ god lives inside of us now so we are internally connected we are not separate we are not orphans we are not you know miserable beings living in this world trying to you know just pass out this life no we are eternal spirits with god as he is so we are in this world let's read one more scripture let's go to um galatians chapter 3 verse 26 26 But you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah. We are all children of God through faith in Lord Jesus Christ. You see the privilege of a son is so huge, so high that if we do not rise up to that position we still live the beggarly servant mentality. For example, There are fivefold ministries which God gave in this world. The book of Ephesians, the epistle written by Paul in Ephesians chapter 4 talks about the fivefold ministry. There are apostles, there are prophets, there are evangelists, then there are teachers and then there are pastors. These are the fivefold ministry that means in this world, in the Christian world especially, people respect have huge respect for apostles. and they have a lot of reverence and fear of prophets because they they you know they say they are the mouthpiece of god apostles are the fingers of god you know they 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 give them the glory for the position they have but these are only the ministering servanthood and not the sonship what happens to a servant is a servant cannot create a son can create when jesus was in this world he was not here just as a servant but as a son of god but he had the mentality or the attitude of serving god as though he was a servant of god he was god he was equal god but he chose to put aside that position and serve god in the humbleness of his mind as a servant of god what did he do he walked on the waves of the seas calmed the storm he raised the dead cast out the evil spirits he healed the lepers he healed many people who were sick with paralytic disease eye blindness mental disorders backbone issues and limping crippled people all sorts of diseases he healed every one of them why because he was the son of god he was the creator he can create so you must become like jesus like jesus it's it's not a fantasy it's not a angel story it's not just a parable it's the fact of life it's the truth of life that you're called to rule and reign in this world as sons of god you're supposed to create things god created things by his word spoken word jesus created the life of the people who were in miserable condition by walking into their lives and creating in their life the things that they lost for example jairus daughter 
body was lying in the bed Jesus comes there and he lays his hand and says little one arise he created life in the place he went into the capernaum in the home of peter's mother in law and those fellows were carrying the paralytic he looked at the man and he said son rise up your take up your bed and walk your sins have been forgiven he was creating so god wants you to be the creator he wants you to be like him his son jesus you're not supposed to be thinking like i wish i was a great healing evangelist i wish i was a great prophet of god like elijah calling fire from heaven and burning down the prophets of baal as only a servant but the son is great so god wants you to go grow up grow up in him and jesus become like him how will you become like him when you put down yourself like jesus put down jesus was dependent on god jesus submitted himself to god jesus had the privilege of knowing what he was sent to do in this world that means everything about you must come to a place of offering it to god and saying what do you want me to do with this what is your desire in this what do you want me to do you know everything you bring to god and you offer to god and say what is your desire in this and then you give him the privilege and one more important thing that you must remember is the gospel of john chapter 17 verse 5 jesus was saying to the father this is his prayer in the garden of gethsemane he was saying let me have the glory that i had with you before the world began and then he didn't end up there he said i want my disciples also to share in that glory can you understand you're supposed to be kings you're supposed to be the rulers you're supposed to be the top notch you're supposed to be the givers the lenders the rulers you're supposed to be the changers of things you're not supposed to fold your hands and sit like all the rest of the people what may happen tomorrow no you're supposed to call into existence your tomorrow today you are you have the glory which god gave jesus before the foundation of the world the same glory jesus has given you you cannot wait till you go to heaven and enjoy the glory you will be the people who are not used what you have been given as your inheritance your inheritance that's your property god's property is your property you are supposed to open your mouth and believe in your heart the things that you say it shall come to pass and you speak those things and do not doubt and wait that things will come to shape that's the sign you're not beggars you're not poor rejected lonely weak no you are god's sons you must take up your position and say the things as god would say and trust and believe in your heart that you are a son of god it doesn't matter if you're a girl in god's kingdom there's only sons but because of our human reaction we'll say sons and daughters but god has sons you're also a son not just a girl and you speak those things and those things will come to pass the glory which god gave to jesus before the foundation of the world the same glory is upon your life you know what happened to adam and eve they were full of god's glory before they fell into sin the moment they sinned the glory of god departed from them that's why in book of romans chapter 3 verse 23 says all have fallen short of the glory of god have sinned 
fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus said, give me the glory as I had with you before the foundation of the world. And not only that, let these also share in that glory. So light dwells inside of you. Life and light is inside of you. You are full of glory. Nakedness came to Adam and Eve and they departed from God. Now you are in God. You are part of God. So you have that light and glory in you. As sons of God, you rise up and take up your position of your inheritance. You have become inheritors. Your earthly father may have only a limited portion. But your heavenly father has no limits. Don't leave your life from the eyes of your earthly father. Live your life with the eyes of your heavenly father. Jesus never looked at his world for provision. He looked at his father for provisions. He took five loaves, two fish and he multiplied and fed 5,000 plus more people and 12 baskets were left. He didn't look to the world. He provided to the world from his father. You don't look to the world. You look to the heavenly father. Provide for this world. That's what you must grow up into. Sons of God. The entire creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. The entire nature. The entire nature. One thing you must always remember. If you have realized that you are a son of God, you will have control over the elements of the nature. What are the five elements of the nature? Quickly. Earth, water, air, fire. What else? What else? Five elements. So whenever you are realize that you have become a son of God, that nature comes under your control. When Jesus rebuked the storm, the disciples were saying to each other, what kind of a man is this? Even the nature, the storm and the winds obey him. Believe you me, I'm not boasting, but for the sake of you to realize this, the other day when I came from uh, that place, I'd gone to visit a pastor, and uh, I, I finished my work with him and I was sensing I must go back home quickly because if the rain comes, I will be stuck. I came out and I saw it was already pouring out. Then I was just standing there and I was saying this prayer. I said, rain, I command you to stop until I reach home. The moment I enter home, you can rain crazily, drown the entire Twin City. I don't mind. But till I reach home, you're not supposed to pour. As a son of God, as my inheritance, I command you to stop. And within a matter of two minutes, the rain stopped. And believe you me, I drove my vehicle so fast without wasting my time anywhere, without not, I had another intention because the rain stopped, it has yielded to me, let me visit another person. Then I said, no, I'm not going to test, I'm not going to tempt God. I will, now God has given me the authority, I will not misuse it, I'll go home straight. And I, I knew that I had a spiritual warfare that was happening. And in one, one path, suddenly I was about to fall from the vehicle and get so crazily hurt, maybe my body would have been in bandages if God would have not been with me. I just took control of it. I said, I rebuke you, spirit of death. Cast you out. And the bike didn't sleep. Then in another place, in another junction, 
motorbike i have to take the left and the motorbike guy came right then i said i rebuke you again for trying to interfere you see when you grow to be a son of god you will have to exercise your lordship your authority constantly and you will be tempted to misuse the authority so you should not misuse the authority you should not get tempted but not forsake rebuking the evil one and continue in your position then believe me i reached home i hardly could put the things at the kitchen nicole comes and says it's raining heavily and joshua says daddy you came right time I'm not joking this is not the first time the last time also when i was stuck with the doctor i was telling him wait for 2 minutes the rain will stop i've commanded it to stop he said no my wife is alone at home romantic chap fellow he did hmm? <laughs> i'm sorry to say that word lord forgive me for using that word nevertheless we must grow in the lordship Amen. Come into your lordship. You're not beggars, not orphans. You're adopted sons of God. He has picked and picked. Now, when you walk into a mall, you know there are beautiful articles. There are maybe thousands and thousands, and your pocket is fully loaded. You can buy anything without looking at the price tag. You you have the capacity to buy anything without looking at the price tag. You're walking there, in spite of so many items that are there, you go and pick. select something in your hand pick it and you bring it home and you put it on a display as it is it's your possession god picked you in this world and he said you are now mine he picked you and he said you are now mine he picked you and he said you are now mine and then what did he do you know he made you to sit with him in heavenly places Mature up as sons of God, and live in the world as the heads, the lenders. Rule and reign in the midst of your enemies. In Jesus' name, Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank and praise and exalt you, glorify your name. Once again, thank you, Lord, for the grace that you have given us that we have become the sons of yours through faith in Jesus Christ. Yes. We are the children of God. We have the inheritance. We have become the heirs, the joint heirs with Jesus. We thank and praise you, God. Sickness, death, and disease, the world and the flesh and the devil, they are our servants. We rule over them, O oh Lord. They serve us, and you cause all things to work together for our good. We are not dependent on the sources of this world, but our source is from you, God. We are the channel of your life. We are the channel of your blessing. We are the channel of your grace to this fallen world. We thank you. that you have made us the light the glory of yours is in our life today lord we thank you and we praise you we worship and magnify and exalt you king of glory thank you for putting everything under our subjection lord as we bring ourselves in the subjection of jesus christ father be exalted a father in our life we thank you for filling us with your glory and your light and your presence we thank you for making everything as our footstool lord sickness disease death and devil poverty nakedness lack and shame and curse 
they have no authority over Joshua, Nicole, Benjamin and me. They have been made as our servants, our footstool. We rule over them, reign over them and Lord, we have the power from you and the authority from you to cast them out from our life for your glory and for your praise. Amen.